What is up, everyone? This is Scorch the Fears. Today we got Tyler Devera. I don't know how to say your last name, actually. I looked at it and I was like, I'm not <laughs> sure how you say it. <laughs> hey, man, it, it throws you curveballs at that X. It's Devereaux. Devereaux. Yeah. Um, we got Tyler Devereaux, yeah. a multifamily genius. I've been watching his content for a while and I really wanted him to come on the podcast. We're going to talk a lot about... Um, getting over fears about getting into multifamily, right? And a lot of this, some of this will be personal. You actually asked me right before the podcast, what can you do for my audience and for me? For me, it'll be interesting of, I'm about to start getting out of single family and more into multifamily. So we'll be talking about that too. Didn't mention that beforehand. So it'll be good. If you're on Instagram, come on to YouTube. If you actually want to hear my guest, Tyler, he's awesome. He's a great guy. He's got a ton of value to, um, to give us all. So come on to YouTube if you actually want to see the show. Um, so cool, man. Thank you for being here. Welcome to Scorch the Fears. Dude, thank you, John. I appreciate you having me here. And I love your, uh, the name Scorch the Fears. It's freaking sexy, bro. And it's dude. pretty cool. I love it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So real quick, just introduce yourself to my audience. Just like what you do, what you do exactly in multifamily, what you specialize in, what you've been doing, just a real quick background on love just it. what you've been doing in real estate. So Tyler Devereaux. And I'm the CEO and managing partner of the Multifamily Capital Partners. That's our investment company. We own, I don't know, just shy of 4,000 units, right around 400 million something in assets. And I'm also the CEO of the multi and co-founder of a company called the Multifamily Mindset. That's an education company where we teach people how to buy apartment buildings and you know, if you ask me what I do, I'd tell you that I help people attack their doubts and overcome their fears. That's why I love, that's why I love the name of your podcast, man. Um, I have been investing in multifamily since, well, about, I don't know, about the past eight years or so, 2015-ish, right around there. And it's been a game changer for my family and I, and it's been a game changer because of the scalability behind it, uh, the passive income from it. And but I, I would tell you the biggest reason that I believe it's been a game changer for my family and I is because it's something that I used to view as impossible and I made, I found a way to make it possible. And when you view something as impossible and then you find ways to make it possible, dude, it changes you mentally. It's like, what else in here is false and what else can I do? And that's a game changer for you in any, in any avenue, in any direction in your life. So that's what I do. I love it. I love it so much. I think you're gonna be a great guest for this. I can already tell. Like, I think you've got hundred percent. This is gonna be for. golden for whoever's listening. Just, I'm about to drop some fucking nuggets in oh, your man. ear. Just wait, man. Let's Turn it up. It. Turn up the volume. Let's get ready. <laughs> Let's do it. So, the first question I always ask everyone is, especially with multifamily, because did you even? I'm curious. Did you start with single family, or did you go straight into multifamily? Yeah. No, I started with single family. So, but I wouldn't even have called myself a true single family investor. Like I started a web business, made some money, like web design, web hosting, made a little bit of money. People told me I should buy some real estate. So what do you buy? You buy what you know you can buy, which is a single family property, rented it out. That's what I did. I flipped, I flipped some properties, wholesale some deals. But so yeah, started with single family. Yep. Okay. So let's start with, I'm just going to start from the very, very beginning with this question. And then I'm going to ask the question again, but in relation to multifamily, which is, when you were just starting out in real estate, like your very first, before you even did a single family deal, what were your fears and how'd you overcome them? Mm. Lots of fears, bro. You know, I grew up in 
lower middle class. I have amazing family, amazing parents, lots of love. But I didn't know anybody who had truly acquired real wealth. And I had seen a lot of financial struggle. Like my mom's a single mom. She raised four kids on on her own. And uh, I love her. And I'm so grateful for how she tackled all of that. All of that. And my biggest fear was, so there's experiences growing up where I saw my mom who needed help and I wasn't in a position to help her. And I never wanted to be in that position again. And my biggest fear was that I would not reach a level of financial success that would allow me to be that person to change the financial narrative for my family. Cause I believe that it is my role, my responsibility to change the financial narrative for my family. I've believed that from a young age, dude, since I was like 16. And so my biggest fear is that I wouldn't, cause I didn't know how to achieve that. So it's like how I know that it's my role. I know that it's my duty. I know it's my job. But like how those are my biggest fears. Gotcha. And then, so how'd you overcome that? So like, were you, were you just like, you seem like kind of like a Nike, let's just do it type of guy, right? Like I've definitely, I definitely get that vibe from you. And sometimes it's just like that, but like that, that what's great about that fear. I'm going to like talk about this because I think people need a little bit of a lesson on the types of fears. Yeah. That's a fear that's behind you, which I really like. That's a fear that's pushing you forward instead of a fear that's mm. in front of you, stopping you. Right. Cause that fear, the fear of not being able to help your parents out. That's one of my fears that still pushes me. Right. Like I help my parents out, but not nearly as much as I want to be, right? So that fear pushes you forward to using it. So I'm curious for you, like, do you do you consciously think about things like that? Like your fears, like, have you thought about like being more afraid of things that'll push you forward versus being more afraid of things like, I don't know, talking to a seller or like buying a thousand apartment complex like do you consciously think about that or is that something that's just more naturally that comes to you no what a great question man and what a great way to frame that what a great way to position that and view that like there's fears that block you and fears that push you and i believe that i mean you're right dude that fear pushes me and what's what's cool about that fear that pushes me is it's a fear that never goes away i don't believe like because even though i love like i want like success drives me, right? Like money drives me, but honestly that, that alone wouldn't continue to make me go down the path. What drives me more than anything is looking back and being like, man, I never want to be in that position again, ever. I never want to be in that position again. And also once again, it's my role, my responsibility, responsibility. I live out here in Maui and there's this word called kuleana, which is take responsibility. And I love that word because that's how I believe that's just what I believe in. I believe it is my responsibility. I will take responsibility to change the financial narrative. But the story that I tell myself, by the way, the stories that you tell yourself are so powerful, P- powerfully negative or powerfully positive. And the story that I tell myself is that if I don't continue pushing and growing and reaching these new levels of success and unlocking these new levels of success, that well, then I will hinder the growth of people that I love, man. Cause they're looking to me to be like, Hey man, they're looking to me, whether they are or not. That's the story that I tell myself. Uh, and I, I know that they are, you know, and I've seen that narrative change for myself. I've seen that narrative change for them and it pushes me. So, so here's what happens. These struggles to, to come full circle back to your question, 
these struggles that come, these fears that come, they're still there, man. At every freaking turn, they're there. Every day, they're there. Things, these things that just challenge you mentally, um, they're there. But I look at those a different way, man. I look at those as a way of like, okay, this is my next way to level up. Because when I overcome this fear, when I overcome this challenge, when I overcome this thing, whatever that thing is, that allows me to level up so that I can help other people do the exact same thing. Because the minute that I stop growing, the minute that I stop leveling up is the minute that I lose my ability to help other people do the same thing. And that drives me more than any financial success. But by leveling up, by growing, by consistently helping people do the same thing, dude, financial success is a byproduct of that. I love that. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the stories that we tell ourselves, right? Because I think think that's a really good way of putting it where – because fear never fully goes away. I've like mm-hmm. learned this. I have some financial success. Um, and I I remember when I was broke, I was like, man, if I can just make it where I get 10 grand a month to myself, I'm set for life, bro. Like I'm good. Yeah. And now that I've got way more than that, I'm like, man, that is not even close to enough money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, so I want to just talk about like a little bit about like the stories we tell ourselves. Like, have you like, how do you change that story so that it's productive, right? I mean, there are stories that have been told to us since we were children that like are very negative, um, just whatever it might be. I don't know. Like my one of mine was the story that I told myself was like money is the root of all evil. It wasn't told to myself. That was told to me, right? But how do you change these preset stories to be the story that you want it to be? Mm. One is you have to believe that you're in charge of the story that you tell yourself, right? Like meaning you're actually in charge of the frame that you put around any situation. So if you believe that, you believe that you're in charge of how you narrate the story, then you're, you also believe that you're in charge of, man, the story that you're creating. So at any given point, any given situation, anything that you're going through, it's, is this story, is this frame, I call it a frame, but is this frame that I put around this situation? the story, right, that I'm telling about this situation, is it serving? Is it serving? And if it's not serving, then what story could I tell to make this situation serving? So, for example, the story that I used to tell myself is that I was in the position that I was in because of my past, because of all this shit that's happened to me, right? The struggles, the things, like, I didn't have all these advantages. I didn't have these connections. I didn't have the things I didn't have, dude. So I was, the story was based on because of the things that I didn't have comparing myself to things that other people did have. That's why I'm here. And what shifted for me was when I started telling the story of man, because of these things, that's going to propel me to these things in the future. It's like, it's literally just a reframe. I remember one of my favorite books is called the alchemist. And in the alchemist, it depicts this, this, this shepherd in Spain, and he decides to go on pursuit of what he calls his personal legend, sells all of his sheep. And I won't tell you the whole book, but if you haven't read the book, you should go read the book. But just this first part, he sells all of his sheep, crosses over into Africa, and day one, all of his money gets stolen, like all of his money. So he's in this city square. Everyone's gone. He's in a foreign country, doesn't know the language, no money. And he says, I can either view myself as a poor victim of a thief or as an adventurer looking for his treasure. See, both of those are true. Both of those perspectives, stories, whatever you want to call it, are true. So which one do you choose? You choose the one that is serving to the direction you want to go. 
what most people do is they get stuck in the story that is not serving, that's not serving, but they do that because of belief. They don't believe that they can truly change the narrative of their story, or they do believe that they can, but they don't know if they're dedicated to putting in the work that it takes to changing the narrative of their life. And so what will help people push forward to tell a better story, to get a better result is to have a better, more deep rooted. Why? What is pushing you, dude? Once again, like we talked about, sometimes it could be fear. See, I believe that the, one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is they create this why on something that they want. But I want to be very clear. It's hard for people to really put emotion behind it because they're, they're trying to base their why off of something that they want, but they've never experienced it. And they haven't even let their mind, this is gold for all you guys out there. Just take some freaking notes right now because this was a game changer for me. This was a game changer for me. They put this why on something that they want, but they've never experienced it. So they can't truly have this deep rooted emotion behind it. Well, most of the things that like most of my whys are actually based off of something that I hate. Things that I've experienced personally that I hate. My dad being gone as a kid. You know, my mom was a single mom and yes, we had financial struggle, but my biggest thing is I just missed my freaking dad. I hated that. I hated that. So that hate created a why that I want to be there for everything that my kids do so that they never have to experience that. And I never have to experience the regret that I see my dad live with. I hated that. And that hate has created this deep rooted why that I can experience that I have an emotion behind it and that pushes me forward. So financial struggle. Hold yeah, on, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me interrupt you. I'm sorry, because I'm really curious about You're this good. now. I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm also taking notes. So why do you choose something that you hate versus necessarily something that's positive? Like, is there a reason you're choosing something negative versus positive? I'm just curious. Because it's emotion. I believe emotion, well, emotion needs to be attached behind your why. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't just focus on the hate, I focus on what is the opposite of the hate? What is the opposite of this thing that I hate? But like you said, pushing, right? That the thing that I hate, the thing that I despise, the situation that I despise, whatever it is, it pushes me towards the thing that I want. But the thing that I want is really always in the, really it's always in the distance. Cause I'm, I'm not just going to reach a level and just be like, sweet, I'm good. Like you said, you reach a level and what you realize is that the real joy comes from unlocking new levels, a gamifier. Yeah right? Every level is a new unlock, but the fear, right? Scorch the fears. The fear is that thing that I hate. I never want to experience it. I never want to be there. I never want to put my, my family in that situation. And so that fear pushes me as far away from the thing that I hate as possible. And what that also does is unlock gratitude. Cause as I unlock these new levels, I am so fucking grateful because it's far, I'm farther and farther away from this thing that I despise and gratitude is the strongest emotion in the world. And we'll, man, we'll get you to a lot of things that once again, you never thought were possible. I love it. So let's go through, let's see if you and I can go through kind of like a, let's pretend I'm a newbie, right? Yeah. And I'm like, just doing this. What is like a step? Like, I'm like, man, that, that is amazing. But like, what, what do I do? Like, how, like, where do I even start yeah. with like figuring out my why? Like, what are, do you feel like you could come, you, you have like a step-by-step -step that you would, could give someone that's like, okay, first start with your why, then use that why now create this story. Like, how do you, do you have any mm. process that you feel like you could share with us of like, all right, you're new. Let's start here. Yeah, bro. Yes. So, so first you, you, 
you said something that's, that's very critical, which is one of the things that I did that was massive for me was I literally like wrote out my story. Like I wrote out my story like somebody was going to be meeting me or, 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 or learning about me for the first time. And so I wrote out just the story of my life, dude. And up to this given point, okay? And things that I've experienced, challenges that I've experienced. And so I think that people just identifying those challenges, and they don't even have to be challenges. They can be things that were great. Things that you experienced. Like, for example, I wrote out this story, and part of that story was my mom being a single mom and the challenges that came financially, emotionally from all of that. But, but one of the biggest key aspects of that for me was how my mom handled it. My mom, I remember my mom telling me at one point that when everything was fresh, brand new, right? And she's like, all this is on her shoulders. She, she said something along the lines of like, some days it was so daunting for her, so overwhelming. The, the, like the thought of just even get, getting out of bed was like a lot. But my mom knew that if she just put one foot in front of the other, this is her telling me this, one foot in front of the other, that she would get through it. And she said, so when I couldn't do it for myself, I did it for my kids. That was her why, right? She, if she, if she, the story she told herself was that if we saw her giving up, we would give up. And so I identified this story and identified key components in my life that were, were really important. And I think everyone should do that. I think everyone should do that. Sometimes we're, we almost want to block it out by truly uncovering it, God, it was awesome for me. And then give me to the present point, right? I identify things that I would like to change, but then I forecast into the future. It's like, okay, it's not what should I do? It's how do I want to live? What do I want to experience? What does that look like, dude? So forecast into the future and what do I want to experience? And then I told the different story. That different story is, okay, if I want to, own a bunch of real estate, if I want to have all this passive income, if I want to be able to have time with my family, if I want to move, dude, moving to Hawaii was a goal of my wife and I for a freaking long time. And there was a time that I thought this was impossible. I thought this was impossible. So what I did is I told a story and I painted that picture out five years, 10 years. I usually I'll do the story five year, like a five year, five years out, but I'll tell the story like I've already like, like I've already um, achieved it. And I'm telling the story, being in this position five years down the road and telling the story of how I achieved it. Man, this is where I was and this is what happened and then this happened and th then this happened. And I'll actually record that story, me telling, so to type it all out, I'll record myself telling that story and then I'll re-listen to that story a bunch, dude. A bunch. Until it becomes, dude, like, like I know the path to get there and then I act like that future version would act right now. What, whatever that future version would, would do, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to act like that right now. I love that so much. So you literally write it out, like put it pen to yep. paper, and then you read it aloud. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Do you do this? Do you do this once? Like how often do you do this? Like, is this just like a one-time thing and then you're good to go? Or like, I'm just curious, like, do you re-up on it or how, do, how does that work? See, this is how I know, Jonah, that you actually understand the process of growth and that you've went through the process of growth because you asked that question, but you already know the answer to the question, which is you're always upping it. Because when you forecast that out and you truly act like your future self now, there's actually a book called something like Be Your Future Self Now, which I love too. But it's when you do that, you achieve those things 
so much quicker than you thought you would achieve them. And so I'm always like literally every year at a minimum at rewriting a new five-year story because a year from now, I have more data. I have more past story that can help me, that can weaponize me really to get to my future. See, sometimes we look at our past as a, and we only see the bad things that that are going to prohibit our future. I, I try to frame it as, man, what are these experiences that I've had? And if they're failures, if they're struggles, it's like, how are those things going to actually, once again, the frame I put around it, how are those going to actually not propel me to this new version? So every year we should be changing. Our views should be growing. Our progress should be more than we thought that it was going to be. And then I need to tell a new story based on the knowledge and the data that I have right now. So all the time. I love it so much. I love it when I learn something new, man. Like that was cool because usually in my audience learns something new, but every once in a while I learn something new. I'm going to do that probably yeah. this weekend, or I'm going to try to do that this weekend. So Sweet. Um, I'll let you share know it with me, bro. Yeah, I was just going to yeah, say, I'll, share I'll it with you me. you know. I'll let you know how it goes once um once it's done. Yeah. Like I'll uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Um, do you incorporate? Because we were also talking about the why, so that makes sense in my head. Of how do you change your story? You literally mm-hmm. write out a new story, right? That totally logically makes sense. Next part, you were talking about your why and how you use your why, right? Is that in the same story process? Is that a different process? I'm just curious. Like figure because I've I've had people come to me. They tell me whys, but they're, I'm like, your why is kind of dumb. Like, you're not going to make it with that why. The Ferrari is not going to be it, dude. Like, that's not going <laughs> to get you through the hump, right? Um, so how, let's talk about that a little bit. Do you have any ideas? Yeah. Did that just come to you through the same storytelling method? Or did you um, did you figure out your why in a different way? Like, how does one figure out their why and use it to motivate them? Yeah, I think that... What's interesting is the whole Ferrari thing, right? Mater- it, it can actually it can actually push people to a certain point and then it'll expand past. But there's a deep-rooted reason that if I'm trying to find more and more out about myself and just be honest with, with myself all the time. So if that why is a Ferrari is an example, but why? What does what drives me? Was there somebody that is there somebody that I want to be like? You told you I'd get there, right. you know, right. maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I don't know, but I'll tell you, those things can drive you to a certain point. But your question is like, how do, how do I determine my why? And I really do. Bro, I look back at things that, once again, I know that it might be, uh, this might sound morbid, okay? but I, I contemplate my death all the time. I think about it all the time. And once again, money, success, that stuff drives me. And dude, I want to be, I want to be super, like, I want to be super well-known. I want, dude, I want millions and millions of people. I want to be a household name. Some people will hear that and be like, man, that's conceited. Cool. Whatever you would like to think. But I'll be honest with you. I know that about myself. And I know that that's actually something that I desire. But why do I desire it? That's like a question that I've had to do some big, deep internal reflection about like, why do I want that? Why do I want that? And in reality, it's because I want my kids. I want, when I pass away, the story that I want my kids and, you know, people, not just my kids, but people that tell them my funeral is like, dude, that, that dude changed my life. Like that dude had an yeah. impact on my life. And 
I want my kids to be like, man, my dad did some shit. My dad scorched the fucking fears and went after it. He failed a bunch. You know, he fell on his face. But every time he fell on his face, that's not the story. It's what I did after I fell on my face. Because, dude, I fell on my face all the time. But, man, when my dad would fall, he would always get back up. And because of that, dude, that changed my life. I seeing him do that time and time and time again changed my life because I know that as I'm falling, as I'm slipping, as I'm doing, I can always get back up. Like that changed my life. That's why, that's why that motivates me because true impact, impact is really leadership is nothing more than just impact. And impact is dude, helping people to move in a, a certain direction, right? It's influence. It's moving in a certain direction. And so if I can do that within my family, that's massive. If I can do that within my company, well, that's massive. If I can do that throughout the country, oh, shit, that's even more massive. That's why I want to be a household name. And so I, I look back at those things and what is it that I truly want and why do I want it? Truly, why do I want And be honest with yourself. Very few people would tell you, yeah, man, I want to be freaking famous. I want to be a household name. Right. But I'm telling you that because I know why. And by just admitting it, I can identify why. And that propels me, bro. I love it. I love it so much. I 100% agree. I mean, like, I definitely, honestly, I probably have some mindset stuff of being a household name. At least I haven't thought of it that way. But I definitely want to be on more stages. And I definitely want to be, like, eventually starting my own community of helping people out. Just because even with my social media, I don't have an insane amount of following. I've got, like, 7K or, no, 6.3K Instagram. And I got, like... 1.3 1.3 on here, but I'm growing it. But even just with this small audience, I it I've been able to help so many people do their first deals, get like 10, 15, 20k yeah. through wholesaling, through flipping, through all sorts of stuff. So it's addicting, man. Like I get it. Like it, it gets is. addicting helping people, especially getting their first deal or like things like that. And I think you were about to hit on this. I also think about my death all the time. My one of mine is like. How many people are going to be at my funeral? That's one that I think about. Like, I, like, is it going to be what I want it to be, which is uh, like thousands of people, right? Like that impacted yeah. that many people. And it's the same thing. It's like, totally. how many people could you help? How great could you become, right? And both of us, like for anyone that's watching, anyone can do it. There's nothing special about me or Tyler. Tyler's a great guy, mm-hmm. right? I just met him, but like, there's nothing special other than the floating shoes behind him. I don't know how he does that. You know? but, like, <laughs> that's just special. Amen. Like I kind of want to buy that now. Like that looks really sick, but there's nothing special about me or Tyler, right? Like it's, it's not like, it's not like a genetic thing. It's, it's, I really want people to know that like we all are able to do great things in our lives, no matter what. It's nothing special about me, nothing special about Tyler. So my next question to you is, because that's a big goal. That's a big step to even say like, yeah, I want to be a household name. How did you overcome? Because I bet at one point you had that thought and you were like, ah, that sounds conceited or like, um, that's too much. I don't know if I can do that. How do you, how do you feel like you start changing like that, getting over like that particular one, like, like being like, no, I want to be a household name. I want to be known everywhere. Yeah. How do I overcome that initial feeling of that's like conceited? Is that like what I'm said? not worthy or like, I'm not worthy or that I'm oh. being conceited, like whatever, like the kind of, we're talking about the specific fear of like, 
why why is Tyler good enough or why is Jonah good enough? Why is anybody good enough for that? You know? Mm. Let me tell you how I overcame it, bro. Well, you don't overcome it, first off, because at every single level, there's new unlocks, right? I know how to get to where I'm at today because I've done it. But I don't know how to get to where I'm going because I've never done it. And so at every single level, there's these, there's these doubts, there's these fears, there's the new ones, new doubts, new fears that you got to scourge, right? New. One of the, one of the biggest, when I, when I decided to create the community that I have, and bro, you should absolutely do that, by the way. You should, I think it should be a goal for everyone because it is so challenging, man. <laughs> it's so challenging because you can't please everybody. You just can't please everybody. You can, you have people that you will, it's crazy. The roller coaster. Cause I'll, you know, I have people that will say, you know, I just got the, the thank you card in the mail today. And I'll have all these, these thank you cards, and these conversations that are like amazing. But then you get these couple people that are just like dicks, but do you know what that does, man? That is, it's actually the, the people that are giving you the, the shit like, man, the, the, the feet really that's feedback. That's actually where you can find the most room for improvement. Those people have given me my best ideas for growth. Those people have helped me improve. And so there was a time when I was going to create the most, creating the investment company. It was, um, it was a mental stumbling block, right? Like it was like, can I do this? But still, I feel like I was so ignorant in the fact that it was just like, I have to. Like literally I have to, not because I want to help other people, I would love to help other people, but yeah, I needed to help myself first. Like I needed to put myself in a position to actually even be able to help other people. But then I got to this position where I was going to create the, the uh, education company. And that was, those doubts were massive. Those fears were massive at that point because it's like, who am I? Who am I to do that? Because who am I comparing myself to? I'm comparing myself to people that are f- way farther ahead than me. And it's like, I'm comparing myself to them and you can't, you have to look backwards as how far you've come. And what's been super humbling for me to recognize and understand is that I will connect with people and I will be able to inspire people that other people will not be able to connect with and inspire. But, but those individuals are going to be able to connect with so many of the people that I've taught have been able to connect with and inspire people that I would have never been able to connect with. For whatever reason that is, they have that unique ability. So it's like, who am I? Well, I am me. And I believe that God has placed me here. And I believe that I have an ability to be an instrument in his hands, to be a blessing in the lives of everyone I come in contact with. Because I'm coming in contact with them for a reason. And the unlock was this for me. When I went to start the education company, it was a big deal. I had, I invited a couple uh, people over, a couple guys over from my church to say a prayer. And in that prayer, this is a huge unlock for me, man. In that prayer, they said, whatever, because I'm trying to determine, should I or should I not do it? Mm-hmm. And in that prayer, they said, whatever decision you make will be the right decision. <laughs> and I remember like, you know, they leave and I shut the door or whatever. I'm like, well, what the fuck, man, you're supposed to tell me what decision to make, right? Right. Right? You're supposed to, that's why you're supposed to come over here. But then thinking about that, that evening, I was like, man, it's actually beautiful. Like God doesn't make our decisions for us. I think it's one, in fact, I believe it's one of the 
one of the biggest blessings that we have is the ability to make a decision. God doesn't make our decisions for us. It's one of the biggest blessings we have is the ability to make decisions. And how, wh- how and why do I believe that? Because the devil's greatest tools, the adversary's greatest tools are all designed to stop us from making decisions. Doubt, fear, uncertainty, distraction, all of those are designed to help us, to stop us from making decisions. So, so I believe fear is projecting dude, the, the worst case scenario into the future and faith is projecting best case. But I also believe that we become worthy of inspiration, not from praying, but we become worthy of inspiration by actually showing enough faith to make a decision to then show that we're actually worthy of the inspiration that we desire. So if we don't have enough faith to take steps and and take action and just trust that life is happening because of us and the decisions that we're making, and that God can continue to help us pivot, well, then, then we're not worthy of inspiration, right? But the minute we do that, now we become worthy of inspiration to continue to pivot, grow, and move. And so I can't even remember what your initial question <laughs> yeah, was, okay. but hopefully that answered it. No, <laughs> it did. It did. It's fine. I honestly, I was mesmerized, dude. You're a great talker. So my <laughs> next you, question, bro. my next question to you, because this is something, it is a goal of mine to eventually start my own community and start teaching the things like, in a much more structured way than I'm doing it right now. Right now, I'm like, I just want to make content. I like what I heard. I've watched like some podcasts with people like Andy Priscilla and like all those really big yeah. guys. And like, if I started it now, I this isn't a mindset thing. Like, I think it would be too much of my revenue almost. Like, in the sense of it should be. I think he. I think I watched an Andy Priscilla podcast or something and saying like, you should probably start doing coaching when like if the coaching income would be like less than ten percent or less than five percent, something mm. like that. And I think that makes sense. I think that's a good rule of thumb. But what have your been your challenges growing a community? Like, how do you even start growing a community or like an education mm. program? Like, let's get into that. You have clear cut values. You have clear cut values on who you are and what you provide. And you don't steer from those. You don't steer from those. Like our, our motto, if you will, is positivity, love, service, value. It's our motto. So give freely, dude. Give freely. No matter who I come in contact with, I want to leave them in a better position than I found them. And that can get very watered down, if you will, or, or very, I don't know, convoluted if you don't have clear, clear cut morals, values on who you are and what you stand for. And what I mean by that, sometimes we'll come in contact with somebody who has no ability to truly impact what we're doing. Maybe it's an investor who doesn't have the money to invest, or maybe it's somebody who is a potential student, but they don't have the money to actually be a mentorship student. Dude, my time with them, like my time with you right now, bro, I'm fully dialed to you right now. There's everything else is on silent. Everything else is gone. When I go and I teach these trainings, right? I I just got back from one. Uh, I don't teach these all the time, but I love it when I do. It's a three-day full, do full day, three full days with a, with a group of people. And when I'm there, I don't answer anything on Slack. I don't answer emails. I am fully engaged to them there. And the people that come up and chat with me, I do not care, nor do I know if they have money to invest in my deals or they have money to pay for mentorship or they have money. I don't care. 
My job when I'm there is to pour into them as much as I possibly can. And I believe because of the experiences that I've had, that when you do that, everything else will come. And so I believe until you're in a position, well, actually, I'll backtrack. I believe at any point you're in a position to do that to some level. And I believe that the more you do that, the more, the more that you give, if you will, and then the more that you see it come back, the more that you'll be able to have this different type of an abundant mindset to do the exact same things. So, bro, I would challenge you and tell you that right now you can start a community and you can educate and you can do those things. And you are by even doing the podcast, by the way, like that's a, a right. way for you to do that, but you can continue to do that without charging for, you can do that and continue to pour in, which is what you're doing right now, man. Like you're not being paid to do this right now. Right. Nope. Neither am I, but I know that two of us collaborating, which is why I start out in the very beginning and say, thanks, bro, for creating this to allow me to do this. See, you creating this podcast and inviting me on this podcast puts me in a position to be able to share the things that I'm passionate about and that I'm grateful for. That is an impact that you have provided for me because of the steps that you took to create a podcast, which I know isn't easy. I know that it takes time. I know that it's challenging to grow and build. And now those listening will find value as well. You're already doing that and you can do that at every level. So. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, thank you for being here, man. Like, I think it's, yeah. I think it's, it's cool. I 100% know what you were talking about with the giving attention to everybody who's here right now that's like mm -hmm. that's something honestly i'm still i'm getting better at it but i still get distracted by things and i really want to be good at it because those moments where like i'm talking to the person i'm looking into their eyes i'm looking into the camera i'm looking at them and like i'm here like I, when i go to meetups now i'm like I'm, my phone is off other than like if we're exchanging info or something i am here right now like listening to your problems figuring out okay what can i do to help you right now right and that I, I do that probably the reason why you do that also is when you were just starting out at least, and the reason why I do try to do it is when I was just starting out it, you can feel the difference from the other mm -hmm. person. You can feel the difference if the person is there with you right now, like whether they're looking around, whether they're not looking around. Right. Like I, like I, I'm a Pace Morby student. I'm a Jamil student and they're really good at this too. They have certain friends, yeah. I'm not going to name them, but like they have certain friends who are really high level. I'm obviously just another face, right? Like you, you get, there's like, there's the difference between having that attention on you from someone who's so much higher level than you, like, and then just being another face of being like, all right, I guess I'm just another person. And I've been really trying to train myself to do what you're talking about, where it's like, no, 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 I'm still nobody. I need to pay attention to the person that's in front of me at this very moment. So guys, if you uh, should do that in general, everybody should do that, whether you're trying to build a community or not, because you guys are going to be so much better off with networking and everything. People can feel that energy shift, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why I'm trying to do it. I'm curious, like, I'm assuming that's the same reason for you, more or less. Yeah, but bro, I want to, I want to say one thing what you just said. You're... You say you're nobody, right? But how do you know when you're somebody? How are you like, oh, yeah. Everybody's nobody. That's what I'm trying to say. Or like, that's what I've okay. learned. It's like, everybody's actually a nobody. 
but people convince themselves they're somebody because they've done 4,000 apartments because like me, I've done like probably yeah, yeah. 500 wholesale transactions, right? That's my yeah. main thing. Like, it's true you, that like, just we're not, we're all, it's all the same, you know? I don't know. The biggest value that I, that I believe, so, so I can relate to bro, <laughs> what you just laid out in so, it, it, so much, which is, you're chatting with somebody who's at a different level than you and you feel energetically that they don't want to be chatting with you. And the feeling that I've been there so much, man. <laughs> and the feeling that you feel, you feel small. <laughs> exactly. You feel very small. And I never want somebody to feel small in my presence ever. That drives me, dude. That drives me because I've experienced what it feels like to feel small in somebody's presence. And there's a guy named Dave Lindoff. D Dave's actually, I don't know if you know who Dave is, but Dave um, was one of my first mentors in the multifamily space. And I remember chatting with, connecting with Dave, who is this OG in the apartment space and being so excited to chat with him. Just like to have an opportunity to have a conversation. But, but what I saw... It was the first time in a long time, especially at that period of my life, um, that I felt seen. God, it makes me emotional thinking about it because I, I remember leaving, bro, that conversation with Dave, and I felt seen. <laughs> and that was in a moment of my life where I wasn't who I am today, and I wanted to be who I am today, but I didn't even know if that was possible or within me. And Dave, just by taking a few minutes to have a conversation with me, and there's been multiple people like this in my life, but Dave, by having that conversation with me and making me feel seen in that moment, I felt bigger. <laughs> I felt bigger. And I walked away from that. I'm like, man, I, I can do this. And I want everyone that I ever come in contact with, I never want anyone to feel small, dude. I want them to feel like seen. I want them to know like, dude, I want your enhanced to be your your belief to be enhanced just simply by having conversations, but that's only going to happen if I tr so aloha, bro. This is why I love this. This is why I love living out here. I love the the values of aloha because a lot of people think that aloha. Our tagline for our investment company is invest with aloha, and a lot of people think that aloha means hello goodbye, it, and it does, but it's so much deeper than that. Like aloha, aloha means to see. And ha is breath of life. So when I say, you'll see a lot of the times that when you say aloha, people will say aloha back, right? Or when I go to church, somebody's standing up, they'll say aloha, and the whole congregation will say aloha back. It's because the true meaning of aloha is alo, to see, see the God in you. And I know it's reciprocal. I know that you also see the God in me. And when I see that you're not living up to the God that I see in you, ha, I'm going to breathe life into you. When I see that, that's why immediately I correct you and I'm like, hey, what do you mean you're nobody? It's because I see you, bro. I know you're a somebody and I want to make sure that if that is truly what I thought you were saying, I'm going to breathe life into you to make sure that you know that, no, no, no. I see the God in you and I'm going to breathe life into you anytime that I see that you're not living up to the God that I see in you. That's the true meaning of aloha. So I love that. That's awesome. That's cool. I never knew that. That's a cool, that yeah. is a really cool word then. Um, yeah. so 
how how do you do that? We talked about one way, which was just be there, be paying attention. Do you feel like there's anything else that anybody could do more of when they're talking to somebody else that would yeah. make it where the other person feels seen? Like, if you don't mind, I know it was making you emotional, but talk about like, what did um, Dave, I don't know, Dave Linda do in that moment yeah. that made you feel seen? Was it just that he was there? Or like, what, what specifically was he doing? What do you do? The, the specific thing for Dave is he made me feel seen when he could have so easily side-skirted that conversation. And so many people in the past had done that. He made me feel seen. He made me feel important. But some of the most monumental conversations that I've had have been from people calling me out on my shit, meaning having tough conversations with me. I believe that that's one of the things that you can do. So many people are nervous to have these tough conversations with people or stop them from, so I'll talk to people, right? And they'll be just telling me all this shit, all these excuses, all these troubles, all these trials, all these things. And, and it's so easy for somebody that has a big heart to be like, oh my God, like, geez, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. That doesn't do anything. That, that does not help that person. It doesn't, in most cases, it doesn't help that person. What, what that does is that really, um, it fuels their excuses. It gives their excuses right. as valid as they may be. It gives them what more validity, which is never serving. And so in that moment for people to be like, ah, like I remember one of my first true, like one-on-one mentors in the multifamily space, his name was Jeremy. And I kept telling Jeremy like, man, I don't have these connections. I don't, all these people they have so many more resources than I do. I, like I kept like telling him these things like, Oh man, you don't know what I've went through these problems, these struggles, these trials, these whatever. And he'd be like, I remember a conversation that I had with him over the phone and I'm telling him these things. He, he interrupted me. He's like, bro, can I, you're the most judgmental. You're the most judgmental motherfucker on the planet. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, what do you mean? And he's like, listen, bro, you are saying all these things that these people have. And that's why they are there. As to like, you actually know, have you talked to those people? Have you asked them those questions or do you just assume that that's how they got there? And I was like, well, okay, it was valid. <laughs> He's like, go talk to them. Right. And that was a tough conversation for him to have with me in that moment. Because once again, I, in that moment, I'm not just complaining in that moment. I'm frustrated in that moment. I'm like, I'm frustrated. And it would have been easy to feed into that frustration. He challenged me to just go do that. And by meeting these people, I realized like, no, maybe they had more connections. Maybe they had something, but do you know what they were definitely doing? They were putting in work that I wasn't putting in. They were doing shit that I wasn't doing. And had he not helped me with that unlock, who knows where I'd be. So, so those tough conversations with people that may cause discomfort in the short term will cause life changing results for them in the long term. But if you don't love them enough, See, people think that love is just passive. Love is just embrace. No, love is actually direct. Love is actually getting uncomfortable. I love you enough to actually get uncomfortable in the short term to help you progress in the long term. If you think that I'm an asshole in the short term, I'm okay with that. I, I have a long-term perspective. We can walk out of that conversation. You can think that I'm an asshole, but then you're going to look back and be like, man, he actually cared about me. Now the key is how do I make sure that I have that tough conversation with you in the short term 
with you knowing right then that I care about you so that it inspires you to take those actions right now instead of once again, get caught up on the conversation. That was that's the, that's the balancing bro. act. That was incredible because <laughs> I have been, I, I've struggled with that. Like, honestly, like I struggled with, like, I definitely until pretty recently was the type of person who would just be like, man, that sucks. I get it. Like I, I do, I don't know what it's like. Cause like I, in my head, how I think of what you just said is I'll talk to somebody and they'll talk about their life of how they grew up. And like, they, like I had a, I had a pretty good upbringing. I'd say I had a middle-class upbringing and like people telling me their stories and I'm like, man, I have no idea what it would be like to deal with that. Yeah. But you're so right in the end, it doesn't serve them. In the end, the mm -hmm. story they're telling themselves, even if it's a true story, is holding them back from achieving their inner potential. So like, even if I mm -hmm. don't understand their story, there is, I that is an interesting thing to be like, no, you're like, I, I understand you dealt with this, but in the end, so what? Like, do you actually want to achieve yeah. what you're telling me you want to achieve? If so, you have to create a different story. You have to create mm. a different why that's going to push you towards what it is. I've gotten good enough where I can do it with my good friends now. I used to not even do it with friends. I've gotten good enough where I do it with, uh, with my pretty good friends, especially my entrepreneurial friends. I did this with one of my friends last night. I was on um their podcast and one of them we stayed after for a while and i was like yelling at him because he was like he was like talking he was like giving me bs excuses of why he's not doing that much social media and i was like all right bro you're you're just giving me a ton of excuses it's a bunch of mindset stuff this is ridiculous you make like 200k a month get over yourself like, like <laughs> you need to be making content not for you but mm. because you're you're able to help other people make that type of money Right. So yeah. that is something that I'm getting better at. I'm, I'm keeping that in my head to like even do that with people I just met and be like, no, 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 it's not serving you what you're saying yourself. All of that is true, but it's just not yeah. in service. Man, you're killing yeah. it right now. I just want you to know that. Thanks, bro. bro. This you're is a, you're good a great one, conversationalist. Dude. Yeah. I, I think appreciate we're both that. You're a great conversationalist. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. I think we both are. That's a fact. So, so going into, um, so coaching, what do you feel like? Uh, can I, can I actually part? say one more thing with that? Oh, go for it. Go for it. No, keep going, please. Because as, as I was hearing you say that, it's like, it's your intention behind it, right? Because we're not saying that. I don't believe I'm having this conversation, nor do I ever want to have that conversation in a judgmental way. Like, I'm not judging you for not doing what you're doing. It's my intention is to truly help you see, once again, see your potential. I believe one of my strengths, one of my, one of my superpowers is being able to see the potential in people before they can even see it in themselves. And so I want you to see the potential that other people see in you that you're not allowing yourself to see in you. It's not because I'm judging you. It's, it's not. It's because I want you to see what other people see in you, right? See in you. That's it. That's all I want to I say. I love it. No, I love it though. That's, I love the add on. So, um, what is the hardest part about coaching? Like, I'm curious, like, it's interesting. I've kind of scaling out of my business that my, that is my job now is to just coach everyone else. Right. Like really being a sales manager, just being a coach. Like I'm starting to have it where I literally, I didn't think I was going to do this, but I've started doing a few one-on-ones just because I, I gave them an, what I thought was an insanely high price. And then they said, yes. I'm like, Oh, well now I have to do it. But how, what is the hardest part about being a coach or like, what are the, what are the challenges you feel like 
people need to overcome to become a really great coach? Yeah. Challenging part is to, re to realize that you can't make anybody successful. Anybody with a good heart, they want everyone that they come in contact with, everyone that they coach, everyone they work with to be successful, but, but you can't make anybody successful. So that, like they have to do it, right? You can give them the guidance, you can give them the tool set, you can get, but they have to be the ones to actually do it. And so the, I believe one of the most challenging things is getting people out of their own way so that they can actually execute. Education, education just should, is really just, that's not why I joined mentorships as an example. I don't join, I'm part of a bunch of different mentorship programs and I'm not part of it. The education is great. I'm always look, looking to grow. Don't get me wrong. But education is really just putting you in a position to execute. So how can you get that education to execute? And I believe the toughest part with coaching is when somebody comes up with a, comes up against a struggle is to talk them off the ledge to continue them to move forward to execute. Because they know what you're doing. They know that you are trying to talk them off the ledge so that they can move forward to execute. And in that moment, it's like, they don't want, they don't, they just want to complain. They just want to vent. They just want to talk about the shit that isn't going right instead of just, dude, it's framing. Once again, it's the frame. What's the frame that you give, that you put around any context in a situation? And the toughest thing is to help people create frames. And that is the most important part of coaching too. The most important part of coaching is the most frustrating part of coaching, which is helping people identify a frame that is serving instead of a frame that is detrimental. So, okay, this given situation, what's the learning experience from it? How can you take that and move past it? Ownership isn't about, it's not about trying to figure out who's to blame. It's about who's going to make it better. Who cares who's to blame? Who's going to make it better? Because if you're waiting for somebody else to make it better, well, you may be waiting for a long time. So if you want quicker growth, how can you make it better? It has nothing, once again, it has nothing to do with who's at blame, who's at fault. It's who's going to make it better. Gearing people in that direction in a time when they are feeling frustrated is very challenging because you have to have some patience to listen, patience to correct, but also that directness to be like, get out of your own fucking way. Let's go. You know, right. but not do that in the time that's going to cause them to even have more frustration. <laughs> so that, it's that balancing act. I love it. That totally makes sense. Man, I wish I could talk to you for another hour, but like I want to be respectful uh, of your time right now. We're starting it to get close-ish to the end of the podcast. I didn't even get into your story. Yeah. We didn't talk about multifamily at all. We just <laughs> talked about we, yeah, mindset okay. and scores. We need to do it again. Yeah, 100 We need to do it again. If you guys are enjoying this, I know Marlon is. He's a really good friend of mine. If you guys are enjoying this story, type in the chat. Be like, hey, we want Tyler to come on again. I would love to have him on again and and maybe get into multifamily. Maybe not. Maybe we just go even more in depth into coaching and mindset and scorch of the fears. I don't know. Um, but love to. we will 100% do that. So they, So the last question I usually ask, because I think this is a really interesting one, especially for newer people, is... If you were starting again, like if you were to go back to Tyler right when he was starting in real estate, what would you tell Tyler then knowing everything that you know now? Mm. The poor, great question, by the way, to put your poor financial concerns aside and just 
focus on growth and, and, and focus on growth. And the, the best way to put yourself in a position to grow is to learn from others and to provide value to others. So instead of being so concerned about what am I going to get from this deal and what am I going to make from this deal, be more, more concerned on what am I going to learn from this partnership? What am I going to learn from this experience? Because if I would have, I believe that if I would have done that in the beginning, man, I'm sure that there are so many learning lessons that I left on the table because I was so focused on my short-term need for, for money. I needed money in the beginning. You know, I needed to make some money. Right. So it's like that got in my way of true growth. And so understanding that the, the most important type of capital that you're trying to gain is relationship capital. The, the minute that I understood that is the minute the do things took off for me. So focusing more on relationship capital that will always result in more capital than just capital, right? Relationships. Right. I love it. That's such a good one too. I feel like, I feel like people like forget about that, that really you will make 10 times the amount of money just by making relationships with someone like you, someone mm -hmm. like me, somebody like, like the Pace Morbys, the Jamil Jamdies, all of them. If you can get like a relationship like that, it's, it pays itself 10 times over, even like, mm. even if you gave them a deal for free or whatever you need to do to like make them part of your world. So yes. Yeah. Dude, and I'll give you an example of this. If you don't mind, tell me, no, one go, of my, one of, this just recently happened. That's why I want to give this example. I have uh, mentorship students. Their names are Brandy and Jessica Summers. And uh, dude, they, from the minute that they came in, man, from the minute that they came in, they're just providing so much, like literally so much value to the network, so much value to the network, always helping people with, oh, just going above and beyond, dude, and doing things that is not asked of them to do. But by doing that, they stand out. I, I remember getting a phone call from, from uh, Brandy one time, and he's like, bro, there was this student that was part of our class. And I just am more informing you of this. Like apparently they didn't, they missed the onboarding stuff after the class. And so they came over for a barbecue and I was like, oh man, like, let me help you. And I got them in connection to help them understand how to get onboarded. And then I've just been meeting with them to make sure that they're taken care of. So that just kind of to bridge the gap in the meantime. It's like, he just, right. they just took it upon themselves to do that. Their other partner, his name is Leif. He's the exact same way. And they continue to do this, continue to do this, continue to do this until a point where it's like, now they present a deal to us. It's like, it's almost impossible for us to not sponsor and invest in that deal. It's almost impossible because I know who they are as people. I know who they are as people. And when I'm investing yeah. into a deal, yeah, I'm investing into the deal. The deal has to make sense. But I'm investing is, do, do I believe in you as a person to go above and beyond when the time, cause it's going to call for you. Uh, there's going to be a time in that deal where you're going to have to do more than you initially expected you were going to have to do. I already know that's who they are. All three of them I, and their other partner, Adam, I already know that that's who they are because they've showed that to me time and time again. And so, man, putting yourself out there and being, making sure that you are being that person, it'll come back to you tenfold and make it, make it hard for people to do anything but open up doors for you and invest in you, right? That amazing way to end that, bro. I love that. That is such a good story. Um, 
what can my community do for you? What is there anything you want to promote right now? Obviously, follow you on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, yeah. all that. Hit stuff me up on Instagram, me. but dude, here's how share the podcast. Share Jonah's podcast. If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, you haven't shared episodes of his, you haven't you're not commenting on his post. If you're not that's how he gets up in the algorithm so that more people see this kind of stuff. So, dude, if you found value, Sure, hit me up on, on IG, but dude, share the episode. Leave a, a review for Jonah on his podcast. Go and once again, share it so people can once again follow him and have the value that he can uniquely offer to everyone that comes through. So that's how. Go share, like, rate, review everything that you're doing, bro. That's how. I love it, man. You're taking my job right now. I'm supposed to do that right after that. But I'm going to leave <laughs> it at that you. because you already hit it. But yes, guys, if you're enjoying this, comment, like, subscribe. Definitely follow Tyler. I love his content. It's super cool. I also want to say this. I mean this. There are a lot of people who come on here. Very rarely do I have it where it's like, man, I'm learning stuff now. And also, I feel like a lot of times I'm having to pull teeth to like get these types of conversations out. The fact that you were able to hit it immediately, that's a good skill. So like, I just want you to know, like, that's really rare. I've interviewed now 92 people. People like all hey. sorts of people, Clint Clothier, Pace Morby, Jamil. I could name names. Lots of people. Very few people are able to just yeah. out the gate hit it with value related to scorching the fear. So I appreciate you, man. Thank, Thank you for you, coming bro. on. Yeah, I appreciate you, Jonah. Thank you so much, man. All right, guys. We'll be back to our regular time next week, uh, 5 p.m. PST Thursday. Scorch the fears. Let's freaking go. Let's freaking go.